You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Hey, Biggest, how's your week been, mate? I've had an actually like excellent week. I'm feeling really pumped, Cubs. Well, I, um, mate, I'm going to go straight to this because I saw photos of you or I assume it was you because it was a guy with a, bl- a young blocker roach <laughs> face covering his actual face, holding what was it appeared, in black and white? Well, it, it appeared to be holding a golden boot. Well, that's definitely me. Was that you? How? What? Why? Where? Would that, why? why would you not think that's me? Because of because of all of my work towards rugby league, my order of Australia is in the post, <laughs> and so one of the one of the things is just my uh, ability to to get around golden boots. Well, my um, my in laws, my cousin, he does a he's a trophy business. Yeah, shout out to Trophy Land, excellent um, place. You'd ever get around it. Not a sponsor of the Trophy show. Land. Not an official sponsor of the show, but they're a sponsor of my heart, and so um, <laughs> yep, and so and so by default they're a sponsor of the show, um, a sponsor of me. So they, uh, I, w- I was there today. They've moved um, to to Stanmore, and um, and with it came the Golden Boot. So International Rugby League reached out. They do a lot of work for the NRL, yeah. And uh, Frank Pulitua, uh, I think it is, who who with the NRL, his connection there, the International Rugby League. Reached out to the NRL, asked, asked who they do all of their um, medals and stuff, and um, and so Frank and and David at, at Trophyland got the call up, and they're, they're doing the golden boot and and the women's golden boot. So your so, your cousin by marriage makes the golden boot trophy. Has has done the NRL trophy <laughs> for the last couple of years. Why am I the M medals? The uh, why am I only just learning this? That's excellent. That is. Why am I not surprised yeah, well, either? That's well, incredible. Well, the golden boot only learnt the golden boot only learnt about yesterday when they were over at a barbecue. Yeah. Um. And yeah, but they're just nonchalant. I mean, they're massive rugby league blokes, but they just now do so much rugby league stuff that they just forget that's really cool and important to me. So when you whenever you go in there, they've got some random rugby league merch that's either. Some some person's getting it framed and, and whatever, and so they're putting that together for them, or they have their own memorabilia up there, or they have, um, or yeah, they have people's pieces of New South Wales Rugby League or or NRL coming through the ranks, or now international just coming through, getting engraved and moving on somewhere part of the world. There you go, excellent. Um, well, so yeah, what is it? Tro- tro- trophy Land st- uh, stand. Trophy Land. Trophy Land stand. Trophy right. Land. Big Give it a Google, sh- or just get my DM. Send them big T. Tell them big T sent you, and they'll laugh in your face. And then um, <laughs> they'll do a good price regardless because they're great blokes. But. Use the uh, discount code. The hashtag. Big, big, <laughs> 2020 Vision. 2020 Vision. No, I don't know if that'll work, but yeah, we can try. Apparently, um, did you see, uh, did you see it was, I think it was Dave Hunter who mentioned that um, Kanye West is using our 2020 Vision as a hashtag now, so we might have to change it. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, we were never using it as a hashtag. We were using it more as a discount code. And so I encourage everyone to just use 2020 Vision in any website and see what it now gets you into because Kanye's election, you know, might might open some weird doors for you. But but our um our hashtag is grow like rugby league. I grow can't rugby league, Kanye's. definitely. No. Unless if Kanye gets on that as a platform, then, you know, he's going to have some real support from weird parts of the world as well. I think his would be grow Kanye. But anyway, that's a story for another day. But yeah, grow... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 2020 vision for 10% off at mascotbrowns.com and mascotbrowns.com.au. We'll get in early with it this week. And uh, T, man, i got to say, your interview last week as well, uh, well, it was last week's episode of Chasing Kangaroos with Patrick uh, Skeen. I think it was my favourite big T interview ever. And that includes, oh, wow. yeah, that includes your sports best friends' stories. So I think you, um, yeah, I wow. listened to it twice. It was really cool, man. Well done. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, it, it was all Patrick. You can tell I just got out of the way. I just said, so Patrick, what about <laughs> football? And then, then he just went for an hour and a half telling us how great football is. So the other great thing is we're both kicking goals because the, the you know, I can never remember anyone's name, Ricky Wilby. Oh, yeah. You New did. York, well done. Your New York episode was also great. So, I mean, listeners are just getting absolutely nailed by amazingness from us. Well, once, <laughs> this week one, the- once again, it's got a little to do with me. It was all Ricky. I think he answered the questions well. <laughs> um, I've, we've had a lot of great feedback. And you didn't it, even write the questions. Well, well no, <laughs> no, I didn't I even write it. them. I just, I just said them. It all, most of them came from you guys, the listeners. So thank you. 
Uh, I love doing episodes like that and we're going to do more. So maybe get like Romeo from Jamaica and get, you know, a few others with some good fireside Q&A chat. So we're going to do more and more of those because that was fantastic. Um, yeah, and, and th- that answers one of the big questions that I get. So every, the last few weeks I've been hammered with probably about three or four different questions in the DMs. One of them was, when is the New York episode coming out? It's come yeah. out. It came out on Sunday night. If you haven't listened to it, go back, listen to it. If you have listened to it, go back, listen again. But first listen to this episode because it's going to be great. <laughs> um, this, one, this one is my chat from a couple of weeks ago. So it's Kenyan Rugby League related, which is really cool because before the chat, I knew very little about this area. I've been learning more and more about Africa lately, and um, yeah. I'm really excited about what's going on over there. But the chat is with Adare Nayakwaka, he's, uh, and he's referred to as Quix. He goes, Michael, call me Quix because no one can pronounce my name. I said, I'm going to give it a shot, and <laughs> I hope I did an okay job. But he's the boss of the Kenyan Rugby League Federation. He's pretty much the founder, and he's been there since the beginning. Um, and also, Edward Rombo, so the national head coach, used to play for Leeds is one of the first Kenyan-born players over there uh, playing rugby oh. league in England. He's now the national head coach. So, Quicks and uh, Eddie Rombo, um, awesome chat, and we'll play that off the back of our golden points on this episode. Africa's slowly waking up in the almost at the same speed as North America. It's incredible. I'm excited about Africa because um, th- there's just so much going on, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but at the start of the year, I was um, I had some. I was in conversation with uh, Ade Abesi. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I'm going to say it anyway. I was having some chats with Ade Abesi and we're trying to, he's of course the vice president of the Nigeria Rugby League. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, we're trying to get some Nigerian born players across to Australia to play lower grades. And we had some interest from clubs in like the Newcastle Hunter region oh, and all that sort right. of thing. So we had yeah. about, we're, we're close to getting like six to eight Nigerian like champion players over here to learn the skills of rugby league. Um, work over here, play footy, just had to get their visas sort of organized. And then, of course, COVID-19 happened and it's mm. all been put on hold. But I'm learning more and more that there's so much talent in Africa. We spoke about South Africa a few weeks ago. We're going to speak about Kenya tonight. I've got friends in Ghana. We've got friends in Cameroon. We've got friends in Morocco. We've got, there's just so much talent in Africa. And the the the, the specimens over there, they remind me a lot of like, the sort of Polynesian boys that we see and girls and cause they're, they're fast as, and they're strong as, as well. So there's a lot of natural skill and talent, but you know, they obviously, um, you know, in terms of rugby league sort of skill set, there's a lot to be learned, but I mean, it's a good starting point. And I think with the right sort of training and the right sort of development, there could be some, some good Africans in the NRL and super league in maybe a couple of generations to come. That's for sure. Yeah. But, and, and just, and just like in a lot of the Polynesian communities, it's a real, if we can get a real pathway, they see it as a, as a great way to improve the life of themselves and, and their families. So there's a real hunger and drive there that once we can get pathways and some real, you know, really good comps started there, it, you know, be really respected and a really great way of, um, of trying to make a living. It's great. And we learn about it there's in, in all these different nations, but it's more and more every week. And well, let's get into some golden points first, but Big T. So let's, that's the longest intro we've ever had. I'm Michael Carboni. He's Big T. This is episode 75 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. All right, big man. Well, while, yep. while we're talking about um, parts of the world waking up, often one of the things that we battle with is rugby union or rugby union's presence already there. And, and one golden point we should talk about is rugby sevens um, being kind of helped. A lot of the women who are playing rugby sevens are, are given a helping hand out of there into NRLW. Have you seen this? Isn't that excellent? I saw the article by uh, Alicia Newton via NRL.com and she wrote that yeah. uh, she wrote that rugby seven stars Charlotte Kaslick, Elia Green and Alicia Lucas are amongst a host of names who could line up in the NRLW in a cross-code recruitment drive that would light up women's sport. Um, yep. It sounds interesting. The ladies could probably line up for NRLW teams in 2020 towards the end of this year and then head back to Union for the Sevens Olympic team in 2021. So interesting times. What are your thoughts, big man? Oh, I love that. It's so great. And I don't care about the – I mean, some people might say, uh, you know, that the girls are just there and maybe for – a bit of a warm up or a preseason for the World Cup, but whatever. That's great. Great for them that they can that they can play a professional sport where 
uh, make some money and get some, you know, new skills, new teammates, new experiences, and then still play in the Olympics. So I'm not going to begrudge anyone that. And the other great thing is they'll do the Olympics, and then unfortunately for rugby union, that's probably it's pinnacle at the moment, particularly for the women's game. It's kind of seventh rugby World Cup, so yeah, sorry, Olympics. And so after that, once that's done, and they've had a taste of how great the NRL is, NRLW, and then they also see how well it's functioning. You know, the the money that can be involved in it, um, the notoriety that's involved in it. And the and the great community in it, then they'll come back and, and play NRLW, you know, until the next World Cup or whatever. And so I, I love it. I think it's an excellent idea, and and, uh, and it also just means the NRLW's competition gets another goes to another level because we have all of those uh, sevens women who are at an excellent standard, then pushing for positions or raising standards in the NRLW. It's it's excellent. I can't see any negatives to it. Yeah, I agree, man. It's the standard again. Just when you thought it couldn't get any higher, maybe it can with with you know the injection of some of these stars. And um, I think we're in a unique, like, sort of time in the history of NRLW. I know it's early days, but it's very unique in that, you know, there are some athletes that could cross over between the codes. That's not going to happen. That's not going to last for long because the the level of athlete in the NRLW is just getting better and better each year. Yeah. And it'll get to a stage where, you know, the cream of the crop are playing NRLW, not playing Olympic sevens. So... This yeah. is a unique time, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the ladies um, find a club and have a shot because it'll be really interesting to see, mate. Um, Golden Point. I'm going to go over to Ottawa, where the Aces have announced their inaugural season head coach. So it's Laron Francinoy, Fren- uh, and Laron. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I probably haven't, but Laron played for in the halves during his career. He also coached the Catalan Dragons from 2012 to 2017. So, oh. mate, don't know what, what I don't know if what your thoughts are, but I think Super League level experience tick, excellent. Yep. And um, the French connection, I love that Ottawa yes. are sort of building this, you know, this French Canadian sort of vibe and feel. Yes. They've got a coach who speaks English and French. There might be some, you know, let's let's. I'm I'm only speculating now, but we could see one or two French players in this squad. And mm. it's just a totally different brand and vibe to the Wolfpack. Not, you know, nothing against the Wolfpack, but I just think two very well-branded clubs in Canada can only mean good things for rugby league over there. Now, at the risk of, of speaking out of turn, I don't know Canada um, particularly well. I'd like to think that I do a bit, um, but it, all of my knowledge really comes through watching their sports. So what they seem to be doing, um, from my limited knowledge of Toronto and Ottawa, is they've created two teams that really represent those cities quite well. So instead of just trying to copy and paste a rugby league team over there, like the Toronto Bronto, the, the Toronto Broncos or the, or the Ottawa Tigers, they've gone, what would a Toronto football team need? What would it look like? It would look like this. Okay, now what would an Ottawa, a very different city, different part of this, this country and a different community and fan base, what do they need? Well, they seem to need this. And, and, and so I think from a media point, I know when you were talking um, to the Ottawa guy, his name of, I'm never going to remember. <laughs> Eric Perez. Perez. Yep, yep. Oh, no, okay, that wasn't too bad. Um, he, he was saying that the Canadian thing was something that they were looking at. Sorry, the, the French thing was something they were looking at because from a marketing perspective, you, you pick up a huge part of the community when you represent them. And so having him in there, that we can do press conferences in both or some media um, sound bites in both English and French, I think it's really smart and a great way to represent that community and engage that community. And that's really what rugby league and professional sport tries to do is is be better parts of the community and that you can voice your emotion and, and love and respect while someone represents you. So they've done a great job. 100%. If North Americans do anything better in their sports than the rest of the world, it's certainly their marketing, their branding, and um, yep. they're, they're teaching the rest of us some lessons here. Um, so that's really awesome. Uh, mate, Golden Point. Let's go to Papua New Guinea. So um, reports from the Papua New Guinea newspaper, The National, that uh, K- Kumul Edengebi, who um, came through the Hunter system, he's been released from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which is a real shame. Um, but he's going to take part in the Digisol Cup this year for the La- the Lay Tigers. Uh, he, I think he played last weekend. Um, I think it's great for the for the for the local domestic competition there to have you know more players of that caliber because it's really mm-hmm. an exciting season and there might be a golden point or two about that uh, that round one soon. But um, I just think it's a it's a shame to see he didn't get his shot with the with Souths. I'm not sure if it means he won't be back. Um, I hope that it's just you know one of those it's a COVID thing and the Rabbitohs are saying look you're not getting any game time here so. Go back to go back to Papua New Guinea, get some game time, and then we'll have you back next season. 
I hope that's the case. But um, I also have a feeling there might be some Super League clubs sniffing around as well because he's quite a talent. Right. So, yeah. We'll also, shout out to Pythago NRL, who's an excellent Twitter account and was doing some real great Digicel reporting. And who <laughs> was, was less worried about the NRL and more worried about what was happening in that round one in Papua New Guinea. So I love that there are people out here so passionate about the, the growth of rugby league and other sports. And we all know how much Papua New Guinea loves rugby league. So, so following their competitions and something that I've never really been able to do, I was surprised that he got so much footage. But I ended up watching parts of it as well. Was it on Instagram? Is that where I ended up watching it? There's a lot of like... highlights. And this is one of the biggest questions that we get. So we mentioned New York being one big question that I've had over the last yep. few weeks. Probably the biggest question that I get in the DMs uh, recently has been, how can I watch Digicel Cup? Where mm. is it televised? Where is it streamed? The answer to my knowledge is nowhere. Um, they do have highlights on their Facebook page and things like that. So you right. can find those. And if you can find them, I suggest you look for them because it's fantastic quality. Um, and But like to me, it just says like the amount of questions that I'm getting about this competition... I think there's an appetite for it. Like, I think we oh, need to sure. we, we need to start a petition, Big T, or do something where like, we're just going to get Digicel Cup on on like KO or Fox Sports or SBS, SBS. Or, or somewhere. Yeah. We've got to get it somewhere because it's great rugby league. I think plenty of people will watch it. And um, as we know, Golden Point, still in PNG. Digicel mm. Cup round one is back. Um, some great games. And, and yeah, Pythago is a good one. He had some great reports. So check his Twitter account out. We also had some some little reports on our Instagram and Facebook pages as well, so check those out. Big game of note, Port Moresby Viber and the Anger Myox 10-all draw. Uh, but, yeah, as uh, I said, all the results on our socials are thanks to Papua New Guinea Rugby Football League. But, mate, let's get it televised in Australia at least. And also because this is going to sound like really stupid. So hold on your hats. Anyone who, um, <laughs> anyone who is who's on the fence about me is just about to fall the wrong way. <laughs> But I'm, and I, particularly because I'm the biggest anti refs falter in the entire world. But seeing Pythago NRL in, in, in jest, like satirically, making refs faulting claims about Digicel Club almost validates it as a competition because it feels like rugby league can't be fanned unless someone is complaining about the refereeing decisions. And so seeing him up there almost made me smile. Well, I mean, it did make me smile because he was being satirical, but. But he, he, in his own weird kind of way, was making legitimising Digicel Cup by, by pointing out some some refereeing indiscretions. And so good on Digicel for making themselves this, this important that someone cares enough to complain about the refereeing decisions, even though everyone makes mistakes and I'm sure they were, you know, ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but, but it's great. I'm I glad agree. that someone's watching closely enough to care. I agree. And it's another marketing thing, right? And it's kind of like what we try and do on this show the whole point of this, and we've been, we're 75 episodes deep, and who would have thought that Chasing Kangaroos would have near enough interest to go this far, but it has. And it's because so we... we you think we would have caught the kangaroo by We now, would have caught it by now. Come on, where is it? But like <laughs> the, the thing is, like we talk about things like this like the NRL does, and I think that's sort of the trick to it. Like You give people something they're familiar yeah. with and just give it that different spin. And with Digicel, they've yeah. got things like their Super Saturday. That's how they're promoting their Saturday games. And they're doing things that they're used to seeing in the NRL, and they're getting some interest over here. So it's, um, yeah, cool to watch. Now, speaking of um, great things to watch, Serbia. Let's talk about Serbia. <laughs> You're taking, are you going to take my golden point here with Serbia? Well, I'm not going to take, I'm just helping you. I'm, help, I'm, <laughs> I'm more band-aiding it. Can you please do your golden point about how excellent Red Star Belgrade still is. Well, of course, the Serbia Cup, hashtag Serbia, uh, the final, the cup final. Red Star defeated the Dorkul Tigrove, 38 points to six. Now, I believe yeah, we, had a, we had a sandwich bet about this one, Big T. Not only was it was I on Red Star and you, of course, on the Tigrove, but I think I, had a, I gave you a points difference as well. 20-point difference. 20 points. We still did it. So we got their 32-point mm. difference. Massive win. I didn't expect it. Um, to be that big. I thought it was going to be a bit closer, but Red Star, to their credit, they just keep winning trophies. And the other clubs are getting closer, which is great to see. Um, and, yeah, good to see also um, Milos Zogovic, the fullback for Red Star, get Belgrade back and playing well. He's been missing for a few games, but he's back and could be um, could be one of the reasons why they did so well. But, mate, sandwich bet, I think uh, I think that's two to me. So I think we need to, we need to go get a sandwich soon, mate. Well, uh, let's... Um 
let's try and lock one in this week and then you can put it on the account while we pay it so everyone can see the delicious sandwich in your big smug face while you eat it. It'll be the sandwich in front of my face and Blocker Roach's young face in front of yours. (laughs) (laughs) No, because the people, when you used to live and catch a ferry, people got to see your beautiful hair that you got done every two weeks on the walk to the way to the ferry and and the fans have missed that for months. Yeah, since since I I changed jobs as well, I haven't been catching the ferry, but I did get a haircut, did get a haircut a couple of days ago. So yeah, good timing. So we need to, yeah, do the sandwich (laughs) and you need to show the fans the hair. Mate, I've got a, I've been thinking about sandwich bets lately, right? And I get the, like, I don't know, I might be thinking about it way too much, but I think sandwich bets are a a little bit like um, the Immortals concept. Wait, wait, just hear me out. I think we're diminishing the value by having so many. Like, I think uh, a sandwich bet needs to be really special. Like, and I, th- I don't know if it's because I'm winning 2-0, but, um, you know, we've got a lot of sandwich bets going on in the background. I reckon we need to make it a little, little bit more special. Okay. Um, I felt the opposite. I felt like we should be doing more of them so that we can eat more sandwiches together. But I see what you're saying. You don't <laughs> spend time with me. Look, that car, that's fine. <laughs> I love I you, thought... Big T. Now I feel bad, but that's not what I meant. I just want to make it special. But I, I do like the idea of more sandwiches. Yeah, no, well... We have, I mean, we've only put them on this Serbian Cup final and we've put them on the World Cup, so I feel like we're still, it's still pretty important. It's still pretty prestigious. We have waffled on so much in this intro, it's so fun. Um, speaking of the Dorkul Tigrovi, um, there's going to be another golden point coming soon with them. I can't say anything yet, but I heard something very interesting about them, um, which hopefully will be announced soon, and it's part of what is probably a bigger golden point as well, so... Look out for that one. Uh, and I think Dorko Tigrovi, I think it's safe to say you're a big fan, ti- biggest tiger, so it makes a lot of sense. Oh, me? Yeah. I, for sure. No, yeah, for sure. And I also love hearing you say the name. Speaking of mini golden points that make up really one big fat golden point, I think Euro 13s has finally finished its, done. its announcement They're of done. teams. 16 teams. Who are they? Who are the last three? Oh, I didn't write them down. <laughs> there was one cool-looking one. With a knight as an emblem, there was another. Uh, there was one from yeah. There's a Norwegian side. They were the last one. I'll will t- tell you who they are. I've got them here in front of me. So we've got the Leone Please. Vanity from Italy. So that's the Venice Lions. Um, oh yeah, that's the obviously going to have yeah, to yeah. be my team. No offense to the others, but I'm I'm biased. My last name's Carboni. Um, you've got the the Rhodes Knights out of Greek <laughs> Greece, who are you know um, Greek champions for the last few years. Um, they only just got beaten in the Greek competition very recently against the Attica Rhinos. So Rhodes, very good team, um, and they should do quite well there. Um, and the last one is from Norway. I think it's Stavanger. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about these guys, but I think the last time, I think I saw something about them last year, and they, they came out with a new brand, the Stavanger Storm. I don't know if that's the same club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's yeah. the same, but um, possibly. But no, I think it was. I went through their Twitter. Uh, I went through their Twitter feed and saw something like that about halfway down that they went to the stops. There you I think, go. I think so it's the same sixteen team. clubs for twenty twenty one, and I guess now we wait and see. So I'm sure there'll be other announcements along the way. Um, we wait and see how this thing goes, and um, see you know if everyone gets on board or. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Also, the other thing we're waiting to see is test matches. Can I golden point the test matches? <laughs> You're feeding me. Keep sneaking You're in. You're feeding me all of these. This is great. Well, let's go golden point to the Pacific. So we, we mentioned it on our socials a few days ago, uh, and I'm hearing that um, Test Match Rugby League is still on the agenda for 2020. So this is one of the other questions that I get on wow. the DMs all the time. Um, we're hearing that plans to ensure that every playing nation originally meant to take part in the Oceania Cup uh, in 2020 will get at least one test this year. So um, it's better than nothing, I suppose. Uh, and the most likely... Where did you read that? Did you get sent that or did I miss an article? No, that was, um, that was, some, that was some inside info. Um, so, oh, okay, yeah, cool, cool. But it is on our socials. But yeah, that's probably where you read it. But the most likely scenario at this stage is a triple header in Auckland. Now, that's not confirmed, Big T. Um, but the plan will be discussed at the Asia-Pacific Asia Rugby League Board meeting in August. So hopefully all of those um, Oceania Cup teams at least get one match this year. I think it'll be a shame if they don't. And I think it's great that Auckland is being considered because I think you know, yeah. perfect spot for it in a situation like this, you know. Um, so that's awesome. Separate to this as well, um, so we've also heard that New Zealand and Tonga are very close to announcing two tests on November 7 and 14. So watch this space, Big Tiger. What? 
Is that around, that must be around Origin. Yeah, I think so. I think that'll be the idea. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, I mean, you were going to have a... Can you imagine we're watching Tonga, we're watching Samoa, watching New South Wales, Queensland, holy crap. This is Christmas, like it literally will be almost Christmas. So it's rugby league Christmas, it's going to happen. Um, speaking of Tonga, another golden point for Tonga. So there's heaps of stuff going on this week, guys. But um, the Asia-Pacific Rugby League have released a second expression of interest for, from, a, from an organisation to become the recognised national governing body for Tonga. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is a new mm. application and will be considered alongside others, uh, initially by the board of the Asia-Pacific Rugby League, uh, before they make a recommendation to the International Rugby League Board and the wider membership. So, um, yeah. yeah, quite interesting. Best of luck to them. Look, I think, um, I'm not sure if this is going to be the old mob that got kicked out or if it's a new oh. organization because the 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 detail has was sort of sketchy i i noticed anyway just my opinion i'm not i'm you know i'm not trying to start rumors or anything but i think that could be the case so i'm gonna my guess is that tonga ma tonga uh that the original bid is the one yep. that sort of that will be um that will be recommended to the irl and probably accepted and i found out today tonga ma tonga means die for Tonga, which um, yeah. is perfect. So I think that's awesome. Uh, mate. Oh, you did, no, that's one of my favourite things about it, that they die for Tonga. Maybe I knew it, but I don't. They have, yeah. the, they have their, their flags and posters and stuff. Yeah, no, I think you did know it. I love it. You just haven't seen Tonga play for a long time. My last golden point, Big T, I don't know if you've got any more, but there was one on, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it too. So I saw uh, International Rugby League came out with it with – an article about their international officials. And I think since you're an official, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So the, the Board of International Rugby League have approved the creation of its first global match official structure. Uh, the article says mm. um, that it will manage match officials for all future international matches and the system, which will include 48 officials drawn from the IRL's membership around the world, will operate squads at three levels. So there'll be eight officials at the elite level, 16 at international level, and 24 at development level. Um, and there'll be a clear p- pathway for all officials to follow. So uh, your thoughts as a, uh, as a rugby league official, big man? Well, I love it. Uh, I also, I didn't get to read the article yet. I, had, I have it bookmarked, um, but haven't been able to see it yet. Hashtag football father. But the, um, <laughs> the, someone I, wrote quick, I read quickly somewhere on Twitter that they were also having some, uh, con- a lot more control over the rulings, international rulings and things like that. So I, I love that. Well, once we know where everything is coming from and, and who's responsible for it, I think it's a lot easier to make changes and, and make sure that everything's going really, really well. So things like development pathways seems to be what that article is mainly about because that's probably the most unclear thing that's been around in the international um, rugby league refereeing. Um, rule changes, not so much, but it's great to have everything kind of centralised like that because then everyone knows how it works. And once everyone knows how it works, they know how to communicate. And once they can communicate, everything's a lot clearer. So... Uh, I love it. I can't wait to see. I mean, does everyone get announced now? Like, is it will there be those those three pools or those three levels? Do they all get announced I'd, soon? I'd, or have they already been announced? I'd say there'd be a bit of work in in it still. So the the right. the creation of the structure has been approved, which means um yep. you know from there we'll see what happens. But you'd think they'd be building towards the World Cup or maybe just after. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I agree with you, man. International Rugby League. The world of rugby league, we're really getting our shit together, so to speak. And it seems like it, right? Yeah, it really is. It's great to great to see, and you know, despite all the bad stuff that has happened in twenty twenty, it's like been a great opportunity um, for rugby league to yeah. to get its act together. I think so. I guess there's a positive with with all the negatives, but it's great. But um, man, our intros they keep getting longer and longer and longer. But I love it and. The feedback seems to be quite good as well, so we'll keep doing it, man. I, I read somewhere, I don't know where it was, I don't know if it was on a forum or a social media page or something, someone wrote, um, not sure if anyone's heard this podcast, Chasing Kangaroos, it's a little bit silly, but really good information about oh, sorry, International mate. Rugby League, and I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. I don't know, anyway, but people... No, I'm apologising to you, because the little bit silly thing is exactly earmarked to me, and then the rest of it's lovely about you. I love it, Big T, uh, I love it, lo- I think... But also, we get we get emails and stuff that are lovely from people at the moment, emails and, and DMs and stuff, it's lots of great feedback, we are, yeah, so thanks to anyone who's, who's there are heaps of people out, who, out there who listen and love it, and think to themselves, well, this is great, I'm going to listen again, uh, and thank you, keep doing that. But also there's a handful of people that go out of the way to tell us personally that they're enjoying it. And so that's really heartwarming and motivating. So thanks to those people as well. Yeah, it is wonderful to get the feedback. And that reminds me as well, man, one last thing before we go to this Kenya uh, Rugby League <laughs> interview. 
but we are pushing this um this call in this listener call in episode. Uh, yeah. We want to do that in a few weeks' time. We've got a few. We've got a few people interested, which is great. I want to get some more. Already? Yeah, we've got, yeah, we have. So, which is cool. I was surprised as well, big man. But I want to get some more guys. So, if you're out there, don't be shy. Um, can okay, be, so it's definitely happening, Cut. It's going to happen. The last time we talked about it was like, it, wouldn't that be great if it happened? No, no. It's happening. It's happening. There's people interested. Okay, I just want to be, I want a bit more because I want to have like a pool of numbers. I don't know who yep. we're calling and we just pick random numbers and start calling as many as we can. So, I want it to kind of have that sort of vibe. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested, don't be shy. Hit us up in the DMs. Uh, let us know you're keen for our talkback radio call in Chasing Kangaroos episode featuring the listeners. And can we lock in? Can we lock in that they have to answer the phone with I chase cubs, I chase roos with cubs and big T? If they answer the phone with I chase kangaroos with cubs and big T, they will win a prize because we've got a few, yes, we've got yes, a few yes, prizes yes. lined up, which is which is some really <laughs> cool stuff as well. So it's going to be great. Most ridiculous thing ever. I love it. Yeah. So awesome stuff. Uh, T. I think that's everything, mate. I think that's enough for our intro. What do you reckon? Yes. All right. Let, no, please. Let, I can't. I want to go and listen to it. Let's go over to my chat <laughs> with uh, with Quicks and Eddie Rombo from the Kenya Rugby League Federation. See you next week, Big T, and fuck yeah, Nawadi. What's up, podcast? On this episode, we welcome two integral figures aiming to hashtag grow the game in Kenya. Firstly, he was described to me as the founder, the brains, the energy behind rugby league in Kenya. He's known to his friends as Quicks because um, it is very difficult, apparently, to pronounce his name. I'm going to give it a shot. Nayawaka Adari. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. How did, how did I go? Nakwaka. Nakwaka. It's not, yeah, it's Quicks Nakwaka. I'm going to go with Quicks because I think it's easier if you're okay with that. Good stuff. <laughs> Our second guest is a Kenyan-born former Leeds Rhino. He's recently been named the new Kenyan national team coach. Welcome, Edward Rombo. Cheers, Mike. I'm, Welcome. I'm nice to speak to you. I'm guessing I got your name right, Edward. Edward's correct. Yes. 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 <laughs> Simple name, Edward Rombo. I love it. I love it. Eddie, um, f- thank you for joining us. Um, Eddie's not with us to chat today, but a big shout-out and thank you to Charles uh, Cardavillas, who organized this chat, so he wanted to be with us, but uh, couldn't be, unfortunately. But, but gentlemen, thank you for joining me on the show tonight. It's great to have you both. Thank you, Mike. We're glad, we're glad to be here. Guys, Kenyan Rugby League, it's, uh, it's a part of the world that I don't know much about, especially when it comes to Rugby League, so very keen to have you both on. And I'm going to ask you both for a little bit of your backstory, how you started uh, with Rugby League and, and where we're at today. So I'll start with you, Quicks. Well, tell us a little bit of your background story. Okay, fine. Uh, so basically, I've been a rugby union man uh, all my life. Yep. The, then, for uh, our inspiration in Kenya is that in the early nineties, Rombo then got an opportunity to go play professional rugby league in the UK. Yeah. And with Rombo going to the UK to uh, play in Leeds, that then when the thought of rugby league as a code in Kenya was born, also Rombo was basically the inspiration behind it. Awesome. So then when he he came back in the late 90s and settled in, we've always played rugby league in the clubs, but only for training. Yep. Then for a long time, and uh, first Rombo, it, uh, it, it almost it took decades. It it was always a bad talk that we need to set up kind of rugby league federation, but it never went beyond the the, 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 the rugby pubs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was one of those things people would watch rugby league on TV, and they're like, "Oh, why not? Why not? Why not? Don't we do it?" So, with time, for us, it became more of an intellectual a rugby intellectual passage that. Kenya is such a, a, an important emerging rugby superpower in the world, and we want to pride ourselves to have both courts, union and league, and that's where we are now. Yeah, beautiful. And and Eddie, how did you start? How did someone from Kenya end up playing for the Leeds Rhinos? Well, in my case, I was a little known for sevens rugby yep. when I took part for for an invitational team that played in the in the Singapore sevens. And then I got certain a few offers from some club players, some club officials, one from, from Australia, another from uh, from New Zealand, and then one from the UK. And then a friend of mine who was based in the UK at that time, he was a journalist, a sports journalist, who knew so much about me. Yeah. Came up and asked me, and asked me, he was based in the UK, and he came and asked me, hey, I think you can come and try out rugby league. 
I mean, you know, I've seen your talent. I know what you can do. And why don't you come and have, have, have a go at it? And I thought, oh, wow, okay. I had nothing to lose. I said, okay, uh, these are two of us want to go to New Zealand, want to go to Australia, but that was rugby union, you know? Yep. So rugby league is a sport I had known about, but I had never actually really played it. But I had watched it on TV, a few short clips here and there. So I thought, okay, let me go and try. Whoever comes first, I'll just give it a go. So that's how it started. I was asked to come to the UK for trials with Leeds. And I went there for my trials with Leeds. I was meant to be there for like, I think a month. Yeah. Trials. yeah. But within a week, within a week of my being there, there was a, a week and sevens coming up. And I think the coach looked at me and he said, wow, this guy is a little fast. He was quite impressed by my speed and my skills. And he put me on the Leeds team to play in the sevens. Well, coming weekend. Well, the week after I had landed in the UK. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the rest, the rest was history because I played in the sevens, weekend sevens. But after that, that was it. I mean, I, I think I scored the highest tries and all that. And there was this guy from Africa that everybody had not heard about. And I got signed on immediately that weekend. And that's how I ended up in rugby league. That is incredible. So, yeah. What, that, yeah. That's amazing. What is, what's like one of your greatest memories from those early days, thinking back? Well, my greatest memory is, first of all, just seeing some of the big names, some of the names that you know I'd heard of as as as, as, as watching rugby union in Kenya. Because don't forget, at that time, Leeds Leeds had also signed John Gallagher, yep. John Gallagher from the Union All Blacks. Leeds also had John Bentley, Simon Irving. There were a few ex-rugby union players playing then, and I remember you know my joy at just having to train with these guys, see how a professional setup is done compared to how we were used to in Kenya. I mean, it was all very serious stuff, you know? And that really impressed me. And that was my last memory. That, you know, the first training session, you see the way things are done very, very professionally. And, uh, I mean, some of the big names whom I never thought I'd ever play with or against or still train with. So, I mean, and the way the game was big in the UK, you know, big crowds, the setups... That impressed me quite a lot. And Leeds was, I mean, one of the bigger clubs. Yeah. I think the second, if not the top two, one of the top two nations, yeah. uh, clubs, teams in the UK. So I was also very happy and, you know, glad to be part of such a, a team. So it sounds like, like being a rugby union sevens player, you knew a little bit about rugby league in both the Southern and Northern Hemisphere. Was Is, is it safe to say that in Kenya back then, there'd be a little bit of league or union on TV and people knew about it? Yes. We used to watch snips, uh, snippets of rugby league. Wow. You know, Transworld Sports, Sky Sports, occasionally would show clips of rugby league. So I, I knew I'd seen the game. I'd watched a few clips here and there. Yeah, incredible. Being a rugby person, yeah, being a rugby union person, I think, obviously, any version of rugby would attract your attention, you know? Yeah, well. So, in Kenya, we don't have rugby union, yeah. But we who follow rugby had watched, I mean, we all watched a few clips here of rugby league. So, we knew there was this sport that's slightly different. But, I mean, not too different from what you were playing. But yeah. we knew it was a different sport. That's... We could tell the rules were different and all that. Great. I had no idea. That's incredible. Uh, Quicks, tell me about yeah. two, 2014. So, when... Rugby League really launched in Kenya when it went from the pubs to something a little more official. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in 2014? How did it all begin? Okay, so then uh, we've been having this conversation with Rombo and everybody and uh, Eric Murungi, Aimba, and uh, and Kadavili. Basically, th- th- this founding board, we've been in discussions for, for over 10 years about the uh, rugby league happening in Kenya. And then uh, initially, we had made a, a, a very weak attempt at registering it uh, didn't progress much so then uh, in 2014 a combination of things we uh, were then uh, uh, most of us are still, still playing and were involved in rugby development yep. I had travelled to Watamu on the coast of Kenya to organise a beach rugby tournament well. and while there uh, part of the partners of the tournament were some hotel uh, owners who ran a couple of beach hotels and there's a primary school there, a public primary school called Gede Primary School, which they've been supporting over the years, and they always organize an annual event to help support it. But then again, over a beer at the, at, at the, at the beach, okay? <laughs> so, 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 so the study comes up, and they say that, that they've got their friends, uh, Pierluigi Gentile, if you know him, in Italy. Okay. He's a uh, who, 
and uh, uh, Gentile had stopped playing and was now coaching and he was leading the uh, rugby league uh, development in uh, he was the president of the rugby league in, in Italy based in Rome Okay, and he was quite known to these people and again so after over the decades of beers on pubs discussing about rugby league in Kenya this was the most <laughs> progressive of all because then, with then, it was more like a, 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 a pub challenge, you know, at there. So they told me, okay, can you string up a Kenya, in quotes, a Kenya team to play against an Italian team and they will fly them in from Italy and they come to get a primary school for the annual benefit match next year. That was in 2013 towards the end. I said, why not? So the conversation starts. I talked to Rombo, I spread the word out around. People thought it was a. Uh, a bad rumor, people believed it couldn't happen. And we sang up aside, and uh, Italy checked in, and we had a big uh, game in, in, in March of 2014 uh, at Watamu in Mombasa at the coast. Sorry, at Watamu in Kilifi at the coast. And that, so I picked up a couple of uh, players from different clubs, okay? Took them through a, a, a crash course of rugby league uh, stuff. We got Jason Hammond is a is a is a um, an Englishman based in Kenya. Yeah. He's a, a fish farming expert, but also a, a great rugby lad. Uh, and he had done he had he had been exposed to both rugby league and rugby union while he was at the UK when he was studying at the UK. But now he's based here in Kenya. He was then uh, setting up some fish farm. And we spoke with him, and he they said uh, he agreed to come in and uh, help us prepare them for the. Test match in quotes. Uh, Rombo <laughs> was an available. Rombo is, Rombo is, is, is a lawyer by profession, so he runs all over the country defending criminals in Kenya. Oh, wow. <laughs> you might have recruited a few of those. That includes him. <laughs> so he was that, that time there's some very many cases he was handling and he was unable to be available so just on checked in we prepared the, 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 the so-called national uh, team more of a militia of sorts yeah. got them kids and went down to the coast and the Italian team flew in and we had a big uh, match we, uh, we won the game luckily 32-24 God knows how many penalties we conceded uh, sometimes the, the players will forget they will go into the typical union racks you know yeah well. Wow. <laughs> And and, and 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 going back five and uh, returning the ball beyond the third tackle was always a challenge. But anyway, it went well, and that was now the oomph that now gave birth to the dream. That now okay, now it's 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 doable. That's incredible. So it all started over a beer, and before you know it, you're putting together a national Kenyan side who who beat Italy thirty two to twenty four. It's important to note our listeners will know the difference. So this Italian side is the World Rugby League. Italian side, not the IRL official furl Italian side, um, but still to be playing your first game and winning. The ones based in Italy, not the ones playing abroad. Yep, yep. And I heard the crowd that day, correct me if I'm wrong, was around 5,000. Is that right or is that just something that's grown over time in terms of like reputation? I think it was it, it was over 5,000 because uh, first of all, uh, Watamu is a small uh, coastal town. It had never hosted any international uh, sports festival, whether it is uh, rugby or football or whatever. So there's quite an excitement, and people came from far and wide all over the region. I mean, the place was packed and it was free, you know. Uh, the kids were excited. I mean, everybody in town, it was, it was very, very successful. Awesome. That's incredible. Well, take us now to the current day. So you're now IRL affiliated since 2019. How, how, how did we get from, you know, a, a game organized over a beer to, you know, domestic competition and national teams and the things that we have in the current day? Uh, that, that's for me or to Rombo? Uh, you can answer it, Quicks. Okay, I got okay. Rombo, go ahead. Oh, Rombo, go for it. Right, go okay. for it. Yeah, okay. What happened is now when we decided that we are going to take this thing forward, I mean, one, we saw we, we, had, oppo- we had opportunities to play games. We knew there was Italy. There was South Africa that we had been communicating with. We sent out fillers all over, and we actually realized if we just got ourselves organized, formally got registered, then we are ready to say, take off. And uh, we now set set upon trying to get ourselves registered under the Kenyan law. You know, you need to be registered. Yep. 
even for us to apply to IRS or IRL affiliation, they required a certificate of registration and all those things that go with it. So we needed to sort out the legal aspects of it. So of course we embarked on applying for registration in Kenya. And actually we would have been up and running four or five years ago. Yeah. Had we not had the delay in getting our certificate of registration. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because now eventually, you know, in Kenya, they still have that um, idea that rugby is rugby union, you know? Yep. So the registrar, the registrar of sports, apparently, because under the Kenyan law, only one national organization is required, is allowed to, to, to be registered in, on behalf of any national sport. She thought that rugby league is the same as rugby union. And because we already had a rugby union association, she declined. First, she kept quiet for quite some time. Well, eventually, after being pushed, 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 threatening court action, she virtually, um, eventually, stated that she could not register us because there was already an organization running rugby in Kenya. So again, that dichotomy of rugby league and union is not very well known in Kenya. So that's what caused a lot of problems. Almost five years of time went because of that. Four years. Well, eventually, we had to move to court. We had to move to court. And the courts, obviously, they, they sport, a sports body would know that rugby league and rugby union are two different sports. Yeah, well. And eventually, the court agreed. Uh, the courts agreed with us, and uh, we won our case in court. And the registrar was compelled to register us as a body, as a national body running the sport of rugby league. So that was, I think, last year. Was it last year? But one now, I'm forgetting. But that's last when year. our final. Yeah, it was last year. Though the case had been begun the year before. So last year, we finally got that victory in court, and now, of course. The registrar was compelled to issue us a certificate of registration. And now is when we could now formally do things. We could apply for certain things, insurances. We could open a bank account. Now we were able to do everything, write letters officially, because now we were a registered body. And that's when we decided, let's move on with this thing. Let us complete our IRL affiliation. And then let's look for people to play with, you know. Let's look for opponents. We know the rugby league is a new sport in Africa. I mean, I remember in my time, um, South Africa had a team in the 90s. I remember not much, but they played rugby league then. Yeah. But it appears that from then until now, something happened in the game and they went down and the rugby union side took over everything. Yeah. So we knew that these are the teams that are willing, to, countries that are willing to play. You know, they're willing to, 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 to play in Africa. Cameroon also have a team, I know. So we, we decided this year is the year we're going to get organized. We're going to start everything formally, recruit staff, get players playing. And I guess that's where we are right now because now at least we are registered formally. I believe our affiliation is going through. All we just need to do is set up the clubs. And uh, we are hoping to, of course, draw players mainly from rugby union because, again, you know, rugby is a growing sport in Kenya. So even from rugby union alone, it's a growing sport. So we will tap our players from the existing base of players that we have in rugby union. And the one thing I noticed in all my, my dealings with rugby league, every time in every team I've coached, we always had rugby league sessions. We've always had rugby league sessions in every union team that I've coached, even Kenya Seventh team, National Seventh team. And yeah. they used to love they used to love it. They used to really love it. And, I, and we could see the enthusiasm. This is an easier game for us to play. It's a much simpler game with our skills levels and our strength. So it was not hard to get players who are willing to come and play rugby league. That's All just we had, we had not done is we had just not gotten ourselves organized. Yeah, great. So at least now we are moving. Yeah, now we are moving. We are getting registered. We've registered. We're just getting the clubs registered. We were able to have our first tournament, I think, in last year, April. Yeah. 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 It was this year. Yes. Yeah, so this year. It was this year. Yes. We were able to have a tournament, eight clubs at least on the last roll. Hopefully, we'll get more clubs. I'm sure by now we probably have at least. 15 clubs now playing. Wow. And we're hoping that in the future, every rugby union side in Kenya will have a rugby league branch, you know? That's what we're hoping, you know, so that we can draw our players from the same pools. And I mean, at the end of the day, we have plenty of players willing to play both codes of the sport. And that's what we're banking on. So now it's a matter of just getting the game organized. We are registered, looking for opponents, looking for international games. And uh, I think in Africa, there's a lot of uh, teams that are looking to also play They're in the same position like us. And that's what we're looking for now. Let's just get the backing. Let's get the players. I'm just looking forward to seeing the players on the pitch so that I can train them, play the game a bit more seriously. And then uh, let's see where it goes from there. It's it's great to see things getting serious. You mentioned all the, 
the legal, the court action that happened between, you know, trying to even I- identify yourself as a sport in your own right. And and in Australia, it's the sort of thing we take for granted. Like we've always grown up knowing that there are two rugby's, but so many nations around the world, when they try and start rugby league, it's it's always a hurdle that takes so long to cross. So it's great that you guys have finally done that. It's funny as well that you yes. mentioned the league rules. So all the I've heard from so many, um, I've heard in particular guys from from the United States, from America. They say that all of their rugby union teams they used to play league rules when they train. But a lot of the guys didn't really know what that meant. They just thought it was like a training sort of run. But um, but they they loved it and they under and they understand the game because of that. So that's incredible. So, it, but in in terms of like I guess the relationship between rugby league and and union, things seem pretty good there. Has it always been that way, or has there is there trouble between players, or do you guys does everyone sort of get along and work together? That's what it sounds like. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any problem because, uh, like Rombo indicated to you, rugby uh, union has been expanding in Kenya. Yep. There's ma- many more public public schools that are playing it. It's not even getting the primary schools. But then, if you go up to the club level, every year from school, there's uh, thousands of kids who come out of school, eighteen year olds, looking for clubs to play for. But then, the, 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 the only clubs that are growing are the ones in the so-called nationwide, which is like the third division. Yep. But if you want to play in the first division, there's only about, I think, like uh, 12 or 14 clubs only. Yep. And so you've got a lot of talent that is getting wasted. Like in one of the examples is a, is a, a club called Mwamba Rugby Club, where me and Rombo play. play. That's kind of like our, our union club, our mother union club, Mwamba Rugby Club. In yep. the sessions, they have about what, 120 players, 130 players. And you see every season players getting wasted because they only have two squads that are placed in the first and second division only. And any weekend, you can only use maybe like, what, 50 players? So we have like 70 players who get wasted every week. So now for us, uh, we in fact, we, we discussed with the union people, we said we just need to come up with a uh, memorandum of understanding of how we can all uh, work together and grow together. Things like uh, maybe even uh, uh, sharing players in the future. If uh, maybe we, they have some big games coming up and if we've got some fantastic players that they want, can play closer to the union. On this other side, stuff like uh, when it comes to discipline, uh, whereby, by, I mean, in Australia, I'm sure you know about this. If you get a red card in that League match, you can't cross over to the union <laughs> yep. match until it's exactly it's over. And then also uh, things like uh, the maximum number of of, 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 of of games a player can play. Because uh, again, you don't have a situation if at all our seasons overlap, somebody has played maybe league up to the optimum level, the number of, of games allowed per year, then they cross over to the union because now the, the union starts, you know, that's dangerous for everyone. Yeah, so there's talk for us to collaborate together. Of course, there's always those conservatives in union who are uh, already from the stuff that we've done, that, that, that they're already uh, skeptical. They're saying, oh, we are going to eat into the growth of the union, which is just fear of change, you know, and every time there's uh, uh, something new, there's all of the skeptics. But we, we, we believe the journey will be good and uh, shouldn't be any conflict because there's so many players, not enough clubs. It sounds like, you know, things are going to be going to be fine. There's plenty of talent to go around. And you guys recently announced uh, Benjamin Ayimba, who was a former Kenyan Rugby Union 15s and 7s legend, as the technical director for, for, for Kenyan Rugby League. So obviously that's... It is starting to work well together. Definitely. Um, tell me about this domestic competition. So you had eight clubs this year. Tell me about that. Who who were the teams that what, that played well? What sort of crowds did you get? What sort of what what did the communities embrace it? I want to know as much as you can tell me about about this domestic season and, and the future to come. Okay. So what we did was elaborate last year. We beginning November we started to uh, elaborately get out of Nairobi and make sure that we have a national footprint yep. in terms of rugby league in different uh, counties and towns. So of the of the of the eight clubs, we've got a club uh, called Winam Rugby League Club from Kisumu uh, in West Kenya. Uh, there's Rift Valley Raffians that came from Nakuru in the Rift Valley. Yep. We've got Nkubu Rugby Club uh, from Meru, which is uh, at the foot of Mount Kenya up the hill. And then the other one is Kitangela, which is just uh, uh, outside of Nairobi. 
Then the other clubs, then the other clubs were Nairobi's clubs. So uh, we had to, uh, we organized a crash course for them in January. They sent their team managers and coaches to Nairobi for a one-day workshop where we just basically try to, you know, uh, teach each other on the rules and <laughs> regulations and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. And then they came for the two-day competition in in February, which went well. Of course, the first day, the, the, the usual challenges with the rules, interpretation, players were getting and going into racks and stuff like that. And also the back, the five-meter back uh, line after every tackle. Yeah. That was still the main challenges. But it went well. The second day, it polished up. And we were planning to now have a major domestic league and uh, future international matches. And then COVID checked in. <laughs> so we've uh, suspended that but now we have that gives an opportunity to set up all the structures that we want in place and uh, we're overwhelmed by the kind of requests we're getting Everybody, I mean clubs are springing up from different counties they're sending emails uh, requesting to be registered so we are getting back to them on uh, the compliance and stuff like that so so far we've received uh, apart from the eight that already exists we received requests for maybe another 12 more clubs wow so, so we, we, we've decided that uh, once Corona ends, we kind of like have a, a qualifying season of, of a tournament. And then we'll be able to rank the teams and immediately we'll have to start with Division 1 and Division 2. Wow, that's incredible. And to think you only really officially got to start a year ago, you know, that's, that's crazy. It's incredible. And t- t- tell me about some of the national team plans. So you've, you've already, you guys have already mentioned um, that there's plenty of emerging sort of talent and competition happening in Africa now. We know South Africa has rugby league, Nigeria, Cameroon. Yeah. It's all over the place. You guys have some great competition amongst your neighbours, but what are some of the what are some of the matches, Eddie, that you guys have lined up once COVID is is done and dusted against some international um, teams? Um, well, the one team that we, we had set ourselves to play up against was South Africa. Yep. Mainly, mainly because they're the ones who are organized and a bit ahead of the other guys and they were perhaps willing to come over to Kenya to play us in Kenya. So that had come to mind immediately. We had been in talks, I think, with the Greek Rugby Federation. Rugby Federation, they also um, expressed an interest in playing Kenya at some point. Wow. But they are also in a league there. They, they play, I think, against um, the likes of, uh, of uh, is it Cambodia or somebody or the other? And I think they said... The Greek they play against the Cambodians and the and the this this Australian renegade side that played in the World Cup, right. not Vietnam. I am what they call not Vietnam, but they were in their own process of playing their own games. So we said, let's first get organized. Let's have our first game out of the way, and who knows, the next year or two or three, I can see us playing against the likes, the likes of Greece, the likes of uh, Italy, and all the other imaginations on the European side and and, and the Arabian Gulf. So for now, I think South Africa was the one that we were tar- targeting because clearly it's easier for us. They are just not far away from, four hours away from us. And then I'm sure the next target should be Sierra Leone and, and, and Cameroon. So we're starting slowly and slowly, but that was what we had planned for this year. That's fantastic. Sierra Leone, I've never even heard of playing rugby league. So that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've got a setup. If you go to Facebook, you'll see some of these teams. You'll not know about them, but they are, they are very active. Well, you, so we're just waiting one day to get a chance to play them. Speaking of Facebook, so if a lot of our listeners will know that if you go on Facebook, you'll see that there's two Kenyan rugby leagues. So there's you guys and there's the other guys. Yeah, what's that all about? How's that? How's that work? And what's the what's the relationship <laughs> there? What's the trouble there? I should say. Right. I mean, it's, it's it's not even trouble. It depends on how you define it. So what happened is that. The moment we started in 2014 with the test match versus the team, uh, the invitational team from Italy, and then we then started putting together the, uh, we then contacted Taz by Terry at the International Rugby League in Australia and said, okay, now we we want to move forward. Yep. And we started as resources and stuff like that, uh, manuals and stuff like that on how to the rules and stuff like that. So once we started, they then got approached by, because now we, we were kind of like in quotes outed. Yeah, as uh, Kenya Rugby League is starting in 2014. A couple of months down the line, I got an email from the International Rugby League said that they've been approached by another group in Kenya that wants to seek affiliation and uh, help to set up a rugby league in Kenya, and they had advised them 
to get in touch with us so that we can all work together. And, I mean, we were open, we were excited and stuff like that. But they were never keen to work with that. It seems like they want to run their own parallel operation. Okay. So, uh, being a... Uh, they, 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 they work with somebody from New Zealand who's married to a Kenyan, and I think they visit Kenya once a year or something like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, unfortunately, to say it's one of those brief case operations, nothing um, um, significant. They come and do a couple of clinics once a year, and that's it. It's important to know because this sort of thing does happen around the world. So it's important to know who's doing what. And yeah, it's good to see you guys out there and, and doing things properly, I should say. Um, tell us about some of the long-term plans. So obviously there's, there's an MEA championship happening every couple of years now, which gives African nations a, a direct pathway to the World Cup. Do you see Kenya taking part in these competitions and maybe one day qualifying for a Rugby League World Cup? Rombo, go ahead. Rombo is planning to take us to the 25 World Cup. Go ahead, Rombo. <laughs> yes. Um, in fact, that's one of our main, main motivating factors. I, I believe we can play in the nines. We can do very well in the nines, World Cup nines. And I don't see why not in the, in, 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 in the, the, the future rugby World Cup. Apart from the top four sides, the rest of us can compete very, 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 very meaningfully with the other imaginations. Wow. So that's our main motivating factor. We are hoping in the next five or six years, we shall be in a World Cup, we shall be in the World Nines, and uh, I think we are capable of making that. It's easier for us to actually make it to the Rugby League World Cup than to make it in the Rugby Union side. Yep, yep, so that I makes sense. I'm surprised if at some point we'll have all the players, our best players coming out for Rugby League because we know we can achieve a Rugby World Cup as compared to doing it in Rugby Union. That's incredible. You heard it here first. Very short-term plans, but especially in the nines, you'd think, you know, speed to burn, you'd think nines, Kenya would be fantastic. Um, so you reckon 2020, 2025 World Cup, you think we'll see Kenya there? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Make sure, you, make sure to buy your ticket early for the Kenyan Games, Mike. Because all, all we have to do is beat <laughs> South Africa. And I think for, for Africa... If they allow us just one slot, then I think we, we can take on South Africa. If they allow us two slots or more, then almost certain we should be, among, be able to take those two slots. Kenya should be able to take one of them. Well, that would be crazy. So, yeah. It's I mean, you know, if they want to develop the game in Africa, they need to give us these chances. Yeah, so, we are serious about it now. So you're hoping for two spots from an African nation in the future. I think that'll yes. be pretty pretty yes. good. And we all yes. all of our all of our listeners would love to see Kenya rise rise through the ranks. Like imagine seeing Kenya play Jamaica or Kenya play Fiji or Kenya play you know Australia yes. or New Zealand in a yes. World Cup. It would be absolutely amazing. Yes. Guys, before yes. before we leave, I've I've had an incredible conversation. I've learned so much. But tell us about your new jersey. How can listeners purchase it? And what can they do? How can they support you? And how can they follow what is happening over there in Kenya? Okay, so we, we, uh, we launched it last week. It's available online. Uh, if uh, I think it's really on the next few hours, it's going to be available on our website, www.krlf.co.ke. Yep. And and then we've got a bank account also, which will all be there if anybody wants to help fund our programs. Because we've got our hands are really full with lots of programs to do, but not not enough resources. Uh, so if there's anybody uh, who are willing to help support our cause, they will have a bank account there. and know the details they can chip in and uh, they can uh, track us. We are we are on Instagram again. All our hashtags is krlf.co.ke whether it's Twitter, Instagram, and stuff like that. Right? And Facebook is uh, Kenya League uh, official. Okay. We'll, we'll include all of those, um, all of those f- social media tags in our show notes as well so people know where to find you. Uh, and then, Mike, Mike, lastly, also, I mean, in future, maybe next year, we're thinking, if possible, uh, to be sending uh, 14 or 15-year-old players from Kenya to come and study in Australia in your... Uh, competent rugby league schools that have got rugby league so that then by the time they are 18 or 19 they have a certain uh, caliber and then we can blend them for the future <laughs> I think that's a fantastic idea and I'll tell you as well I've uh, I've heard similar ideas from other African nations and I think um, there's definitely going to be a lot of rugby league talent coming out of Africa and it sounds like especially Kenya in the next decade or so 
Gentlemen, thank you for chasing kangaroos with me, Eddie Rombo and Quicks. It's been absolutely amazing. Good luck in the future. Hopefully we can talk again soon. And please, if you have any news that you'd like to share with us, please let me know and I'll share it with our listeners from week to week as well. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Good stuff and best of luck to you. But keep on chasing the kangaroos. <laughs> Will do.